You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, Let's look ahead at the 2021 roster. More than that, let's look ahead at who is no longer a part of the team for the upcoming season. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything new to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Texas A&M, let's get you caught up on what you might have missed during this past week. A&M basketball was supposed to play on Wednesday night. They did not due to the game being postponed of positive tests and contract tracing Subsequent quarantine tracing within the Vanderbilt program, consistent with the SEC protocol, you know, ruling. Now, Ross Bjork, the A&M Athletic Director, came out and spoke, said that he received word mid-morning Tuesday about the positive test at the Commodore program. So this was, again, not an A&M thing. This is about something that was going on in Nashville. We knew all of these things were possible. Obviously, we missed a football game against Ole Miss. We couldn't make that game up. We've already had women's basketball game postponed, and we've had some volleyball matches, some soccer matches, some seen the disruption throughout. This is why the protocols are in place. That's why you communicate. That's why you have a relationship within the SEC. We get notified mid-morning that Vanderbilt had a positive test and they were going through contract tracing. And we were going to be notified whether, obviously, we could get on the bus, then the airplane, to fly that way to Nashville. Then it gets postponed. The makeup date has not been determined at this time. A&M is coming off a 68-52 loss at home to the Missouri Tigers where they fall to 2-4 in conference play. The Aggies were supposed to meet the Commodores actually earlier this year on February 3rd inside Reed Arena. Uh, that is going to be their second game. Now, on top of that, AM also will be trying to prep for their upcoming game this weekend against Ole Miss. Ole Miss will be coming in, then they will face off against LSU before taking on Kansas State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. This is always one of those games I find really fun. Last season was a big-time win for the Aggies, a 19-point victory over Jerry Stackhouse's group, and it was one of A&N's best performances last year, especially from then-freshman, now-sophomore Andre Gordon, who scored 15 points, 13 coming in the second half. It's a team that's really in a perflux kind of situation right now. We don't know the capacity of where their team is sitting. We don't know what to be looking forward to. We don't know... If any of these other games will be postponed. But keep in mind, AM has been through this process before, and this will not be the last time they go through it. You really break down what they have to look forward to. It's a long process. I mean, at any single moment, one player tests positive, your entire team has to go into quarantine for at least, I think, a week. So that automatically means one game is out, potentially two. And. For SEC basketball, that's a little tougher because if you have your top teams, 
You have your Tennessee. You have your Kentucky. You have Alabama playing lights out right now under Nate Oates. You have these teams playing at a high-end level. And the harsh reality is, if you don't make up these games, it looks even worse on the resume. And that leads to seeding problems when it comes to the SEC tournament. That leads to teams possibly opting out of the tournament. And that also leads to you potentially not even having enough to make the NIT tournament. So, I'll add all this together and hopefully A&M is just the butt end of the jokes. If you get what I say by this. What I mean is, they come in, they are healthy, they do exactly what they're supposed to do, and they do not have to miss any games on their end. Because the problem is, for Vanderbilt... Not only will they miss their game this upcoming week against Texas A&M, they'll miss their game on Saturday because they have to now quarantine. Those are things that I look at that do play a big factor into the upcoming situation. And that was something that A&M had to deal with all season long. They sat down and looked at their schedule, and they were able to get a rescheduled game against Tennessee. They were. They were able to close out the year against Tennessee. And that was, you know, that was not on them. That was on some that was on something else. They weren't able to get it against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss had the contract chasing. So it was really, that was the problem, is that A&M had a week, they had their bye week, where they were able to get healthy. Then they still had players testing. So they had a miss time. But then another team had a miss time. So every single time that one team gets it, they're missing multiple games. Whether that be on their side, on the opponent's side, they're missing multiple games, and that does affect the record. So... It'll be interesting to see if they do reschedule this game, if there will be a week towards the end of the season where they can get going. And if A&M's playing really hot, the way that Jerry Stackhouse's team has played this year, I really think that this could be a big run for AM. And I really thought that this was going to be the start of their run. I thought maybe they'd be able to take down Ole Miss. They'd be able to take down LSU before going up against Kansas State. Kansas State's a very weird team. They're always in the conversation about being really good and then there's always like a year or two in Manhattan where they just kind of fall off the face of the earth. Right now, they're kind of the middle of the pack in the Big 12. So it would have been interesting to see how this would have played out. Definitely. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, you know the promo codes of the past. 12 delicious flavors, all different varieties. Well, now we have six new flavors that make a grand total of 18. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They're more like candy bars than they are like protein bars, but they're great for anyone on the keto diet because they're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, and high in fiber. Every single morning, I'm doing two-a-days this month. God knows why. I don't I don't understand, but I am. I have a peanut butter brownie one, and it's because it has 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 15 grams in net carbs, 20 grams of protein. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go visit BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. Use that promo code uh, LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that meets your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network, Paul Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas and the 2020 is officially over, 2021 has officially come in. You know what that means? It's time to start your year off right by winning some money. The best way to do so is by listening to the brand new Locked on Bet show with your boy Q and Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. 
These two will combine to give you the best bets, the best lines, and the best stories to follow going into college basketball, the NBA, and of course, all winter sports all season long. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M will be not really starting fresh. I, I mean, they're not. They definitely are going to have players who won't be back next year, but they're not starting fresh. So before we go any further today, let's just go ahead and see who is staying, who is leaving. Let's get you caught up on what is going on in Aggieland moving into the offseason for the Aggies. So here's what we know so far. For sure, coming back next season will be cornerback Miles Jones on the perimeter. He and Jalen Jones will be pairing to create a 1-2 combination as one of the best in the SEC. Aaron Hansford, the linebacker who played a big-time role, especially as a blitzer, will be back as the leader of the defense. He probably will be a starter. And on top of that, you now will have him to take over the role and let Andre White really develop his niche because I think he could be a top five linebacker in the conference. So having a Hansford back is a very big deal. Wide receiver Cameron Buckley will also be back. He had a uh, injury I think it was a torn ACL, if I'm not mistaken, during camp this past year. He was supposed to be a prime slot receiver. Having him back for a new quarterback will be so essential to the team's success. And cornerback Elijah Blades, who opted out at the start of the year, will be opting back in, returning for the 2021 year. Jaden Peavy, another name who a lot of people thought was going to be going to the NFL. He will be returning next season for the fact that he is trying to better his draft stock, even though he is a senior. Because of that fifth-year rule, he will be able to play one more season. Leon O'Neal will also be back. He was a name that people started thinking possibly could be in the conversation. Mid-round draft pick, someone, you know, something about eh, third or fifth round, probably. You know, depending on where you play him, depending on what his role is. Kind of similar to what Armani Watts was for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people thought that maybe he would go. Instead, he will be back for one more year in College Station. And now we have the players who are not returning. Junior de- defensive tackle Bobby Brown announced he will declare early for the NFL draft. Then you also have linebacker Akena Okiri. He said he will not be returning to the program. Does not say he will be entering the transfer portal. Just says he will not be returning to the program. Both offensive tackle Dan Moore and Ryan McCollum are headed to the NFL draft, leaving with their final year of eligibility still left, even though they both were seniors, as will uh, offensive guard Jared Hocker be also leaving for the team's draft. McCollum will have his shot this upcoming week in the college football Shrine game, I believe it is, down in Fort Worth, Texas, to be able to show off his skills to all 32 NFL teams. Meanwhile, Kellen Mond, the quarterback, who is had the probable up-and-down most perplexed season, perplexed career at AM, will not be coming back for next season. He will be going to the NFL draft. He also will be participating in the Senior Bowl in two weeks. That'll be a really interesting spot to see where he kind of develops. Linebacker Buddy Johnson also will be declaring for the NFL draft. This was the guy I think had the highest draft stock going into the season outside of Kellen Mond. I think he leaves with even better draft stock than before. When you look at his attributes, you look at his stat line, you look at what he brings as a full-fledged linebacker, I think he better fits a 3-4 system, playing a one-gap role, big-time tackler. 
I think is a mid-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, you can develop him into something very special at the next level. And it'll be interesting with the new NFL Combine, how they're doing it this year, if he will be able to play some type of role, if he will be able to even boost his draft stock up more and not just rely heavily on those interview processes. We still don't know the update on Carson Green, cornerback Trayvon Fuller, safety Keldrick Carper, and defensive end Michael Clemens. They're all seniors, so technically, they don't have to declare early for the NFL draft. They just cannot... They just have to decide if they want to come back or not. It's not a declaration for the NFL draft. They can go the NFL draft if they want, and it's it's nothing against them. They're not underclassmen. So if they declare for the draft, that's fine, and they can do it at this point. They do not have to come back. This is a weird year because, again, everyone else, you think about it, has to declare they don't. And they don't have to mainly because it's just they're, they're veterans. If they choose to come back with that fifth-year option, they can. If they choose not to, they don't have to. There's also names who transferred from AM. Let's catch up on where they're going to be playing their ball next season with a brand-new team. Perhaps the biggest name on the list was Connor Blumlick. Everyone knows that Blumrick was a versatile piece. I mean, he really was when you break it down. He wasn't limited to just playing uh, quarterback. He also played tight end. He also played... Uh, a little bit of wide receiver. He played a little bit of running back too. So he did a little bit of everything. And the 6.5, 250-pound redshirt junior entered the transfer portal after the team's victory over, I mean, right before the team's victory over North Carolina. It didn't take him long. He has found his new place. It'll be interesting to see if they use him as a quarterback or if they use him as a tight end. But Virginia Tech is going to be his new home in Blacksburg, Virginia. Justin Fuente needs a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see if the Paraland native can work his way into the starting role. They're saying right now he is going to play quarterback. He has two years of eligibility remaining for the Hokies. Let's see what he can do with those two years, if he can be successful or not. James Foster, the big dual-threat quarterback from Montgomery, Alabama, chose the Aggies over Florida State and LSU because of Jimbo Fisher. He did not see any action in 2018. He only played in four games last season. He threw for 30 yards, rushed for 15. He opted out at the start of the year and entered the transfer portal. He will join Will Healy's staff with the 49ers in Charlotte. Uh, With his past season not counting towards his eligibility, he will be a redshirt sophomore, meaning he will have three years to potentially be the 49ers quarterback. Cam Brown, redshirt freshman wide receiver. He opted out at the for the remainder of the season in mid-November. He started the year with two uh, with a four games starting, I think it was, four or five. Coming from Colleyville High School, uh, right outside of Texas. He originally committed to this school. He last second decided to turn it over to uh, the Aggies. Instead, he will now be playing for UCLA in 2021. And the biggest thing of all with this is, He'll have three years of eligibility because he opted out at the start of the year. So he will technically still be a redshirt freshman for the Bruins in 2021. This was the name that I very much was kind of disappointed left. I thought that he would have had the biggest rise. He would have had the most success. It'll be interesting to see what his role will be in a Chip Kelly-led offense. But this was always a school, much like Jay Sean Corbin's situation, he originally said, I was going to go play for this school. Last second, he switched to go to AM. Corbin's at Florida State. 
Brown is now at UCLA. Dylan Wright, this was a name that I thought was going to be my breakout player. I actually had him in my top 25 breakout stars for the upcoming 2020 season. He was the 70th ranked prospect in the country. He just never found his footing. He never was able to crack the depth chart. He was never able to really make a name for himself. And now he'll head up to work with P.J. Fleck in the frozen tundra that is the Minnesota Golden Gophers program. He will still be a redshirt freshman after barely playing. All he really saw this season was time on special teams. So he really didn't make a, a name for himself. Coming out of West Mystique High School, it'll be interesting to see if they use him as that six foot four perimeter wide receiver off the edge. Senior cornerback Clifford Chapman also opted out at the very start of the year. He did not see action in 2020. Uh, it was very soon after he committed to UTSA. So we already knew that he was going to be gone. He was going to the transfer portal. He will be a six foot five, 192 pounder uh, who started who played in all uh, 12 games last season. He will be a senior for the Roadrunners and what they're doing under Jeff Tarpley. Uh, Kenneth Maggie, the linebacker, he was a walk-on. Keep in mind, he was very popular in the locker room. He played a number of games on special teams. He wanted one more shot to boost up his stats. We've started to see FCS players really build a name for themselves at that level and then kind of make that jump to the success at the NFL. So he will go to the College of Charleston to better his draft stock for the upcoming year. College football season might be over. The NFL season is winding down, but that does not mean that betting is not going to be at an all-time high. So I recommend you go to the one place we trust and the one place we have our faith in, and that's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the best lines, the best bets, and the best stories to follow with updated information, ever-changing lines to help you plant your way to a successful betting season. Follow them on social media at betonline underscore dot ag to get the best bets, highlight information, and quality keys to help you win money this upcoming season. And when you use the promo code locked on on betonline.ag, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus added to your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure that you are listening to the Locked On NFL Show, giving you highlight information, updated stats, and best bets looking at the prospects for the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft. Locked On NFL, subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Before we head on out of here, there's big-time news coming out of College Station of a player that could be making headlines. Texas A&M offered Texas Westlake's quarterback, Cade Klumnick, a chance to be the future starter for the Aggies. In his first year as the starter for Westlake High School this season, it ended with the Chaps taking home the Texas Division uh, Division I 6A State Championship after knocking off the number two nationally ranked North Shore High School in the semifinals. They were able to take down South Lake Carroll in the championship, 52-34. The six foot two, 180-pound quarterback was named both the state champion and the offensive MVP of the game. On Tuesday, it all became full circle. Daryl Dickey offered him a scholarship to play for the Aggies. He's part of the three-man rotation last season for the Mustangs. My bad, it's for the Chaps. 
what he brings to the table. Everyone's considering him a top five quarterback prospect in the upcoming 2022 class. It'll be interesting to see where he kind of falls, especially with the names like Eli Stowers, Haynes King, Zach Calzada. A&M definitely is going to be a key spot for him, but you have to break this down for a quick second as well. And this is something that I, I always bring up just for the sheer fact of there is a reasoning behind it. Before we go into that, uh, Klumlik threw for 3,495 yards, 35 touchdowns, only three turnovers this entire season as a junior. He completed 67.7 of his passes. He also added over 500 yards on the ground and 15 more touchdowns with his legs. So the guy's fast. The guy can make a lot of plays. And he's really good on third and short. Definitely an aim to watch for. But again, back to what I'm saying. You have all these four-star prospects. You have all these, you know, top quarterbacks coming into the program. Not everyone can start. Not everyone can play. If I'm AM, I always want to build for my future, but I also want to be able to have quarterbacks on my roster that are not going to be demanding to start. Because what happens is you learn the hard way that this ends on a sour note. Anyone remember Jake Spadable? Anyone remember Kyle Allen? Anyone remember Kyler Murray? In one season, the three of them lost their time in College Station because Babatol had to basically be told, you are going to play these two. Uh, lies were spread. Egos were had. Kyler Murray said, I want to be the starting quarterback. Guess what? He didn't. Kyle Allen did. Kyle Allen felt betrayed after what he did the year before. And then they went out and they both transferred. One went to the University of Houston. The other went to Oklahoma. One is still in the NFL as a, I wouldn't say quality. I'll say a decent backup. The other is in the NFL as the former number one pick and won the Heisman Trophy, taking the Oklahoma Sooners to the college ball playoff. A lot of weird things, a lot of different storylines to follow with that. But the big thing I would say is... If a guy like Klubnik comes in, who's out? And it's not Calzada. I think Calzada's out already. Either Calzada is going to be a guy kind of like Blumrick, who stays next season, learns another year, has an extra year of eligibility, goes, gets his degree from College Station, heads out, can go play somewhere else. It's going to be between Haynes King and Eli Stowers. Stowers is a dual threat guy who I think makes a lot of sense for what is happening at the collegiate level, especially in the SEC. And then you have a guy like King, your more stereotypical pocket passer who does a good job remaining in the pocket. This is a guy who's kind of a middle bit of both. He's not going to be a guy who rushes a ton, but in the red zone, he can score. He can score early. He can score often. He can make a lot of plays with his legs. So you can't rule him out as being someone who's going to be effective consistently in the open field. Same time, if you lose King, what if Stowers struggles? What if Klubnik struggles? There's always that concern that I see with these players. And that's something that I look at when, you know, looking at offers. There's always a kid who's going to be really good, going to be really a strong candidate to make a name for himself early on. I think that a guy like Cade Klubnik is definitely going to be in the running, but you better redshirt him. You better hope that Stowers builds his stock. You better hope that King is the real deal. 
and you just have three straight quarterbacks that are fantastic over the next six years. The good news is, is that King, if he plays next year and he plays really well, he'll be the starter. Then the year after that, you would have Klubnik in the building. King would be a, a year away from probably declaring for the NFL draft. You'd have Stowers as that bridge guy. Maybe he breaks out. You redshirt Klubnik, and by the time he's a redshirt sophomore, he's your starter. Stowers was great for a year. He's now in the NFL. Yeah, King was great for a year. He's now uh, two years. He's in the NFL. Now you can go with Klubnik. If not, you're going to lose a guy. And then you have to really hope that one of these two can step up and be a big-time name. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, again, there's not a lot to really talk about with Texas A&M right now, so we're going to go more broad, open our horizons, and look forward to the 2021 SEC season. Who is in line? Let's break all 14 teams in the SEC. We'll see you then. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.